It is time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. And, uh, well, I mean, like we would never find in any leadership council in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the women outnumber the men on today's episode. So uh, welcome uh, both to Megan the Mitch Mitchell and Annette Luthi Lyon. Excited to talk news with you guys today. Hello, hello. Hello. We're in this fun season for me where uh, I don't ever want to take a stocking cap off until about March. So uh, you will not see the tops of my heads unless, or my head, not heads, uh, the top of my head, unless I'm doing some sort of event where I can't feasibly wear a stocking cap from now until March. Uh, I say that because if you are a Patreon saint, you can obviously see the video of these episodes. And <clears throat> we're on YouTube. So uh, find us all there. What is new with either of you? I guess we go alphabetical. Annette Luthi Lyon, anything new and or exciting? Um, <laughs> what I'm finding exciting is that um, I, I may or may not have much of a holiday season because uh, last time we talked about how my husband's got some back issues right now, looking at likely surgery, and now oh, no. we've got a couple of other family members with medical things. So um, the next six weeks or so are probably going to be me running people around to errands and babysitting a grandkid, and we'll see what Thanksgiving and Christmas look like. Well, uh, and I uh, have a birthday, and I'm turning fifty in there too. So, like, off to celebrate in January or something. But that's well, fun. So. Well, so I'm going to solve all your problems because that's what every woman wants a man to step in to do. So let's just assume that role, right? Yeah, uh, I, I will party with you, so you don't need anybody else. Okay, uh, I'm going to get you a chauffeur's cap, and I'm going to get you one of those old timey Florence Nightingale nurse outfits so you when you're caring for everyone complete with like the square hat and the really uncomfortable looking shoes because if you're gonna do it you might as well full costume the next do it in style yeah. right yeah for me the, the challenge the biggest challenge in a weird way is that i am having a hard time writing because mm. that's my mental health coping mechanism and always has been and mm -hmm. so when i can't write it's um I don't function as well. So I need to find a time and an ability to be creative and write. So what do they call it? Uh, for about a month or so. And I can tell. What do they call it? Uh, man, there's a term for this. And if you know this, uh, Megan, the Mitch, um, the, the writers that do it like in the middle of the night. And I can't remember if it's a, a member of the church specific like name or something like that, but it's like the club or something like that. Oh, the American night writers. Is that what it is? Where they you get up in the middle of the night or you stay up way into the wee hours and, and you write your particular thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was an organization created originally for um, Latter-day Saint mothers because oftentimes late night is the only time that you could. So yeah, but it's, it's a, they have their own conference every year and, and whatnot. It's, it's actually a good organization I've been part of for a long time. See, Isn't everyone... that how Stephanie Meyer wrote Twilight was like in the middle of the night while her husband Probably. was asleep? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if he would have read it, he would have been like, babe, what are we doing here? This, what? This? This? A this? <laughs> a little bit. What, that, that's, what what, you're, that's what you're sacrificing sleep for? Am <laughs> I Edward or I am? Or what What are you trying to tell me here, Steph? <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry to hear about that. That makes the holidays different, certainly. Um, but I mean it on the 50th birthday. Uh, if we need to take you out to the finest olive garden that Utah County has to offer, know that that extended offer from me to you. We can do the uh, hospital. You know what? I may take you up on that. Birthday song. So, you know, you. and Megan, you come along. We'll make it a triple. I was gonna say because I have a birthday coming up too, but we need to do separate celebrations because then it's just more opportunities for us to all get together. Agreed. And I don't want to step on your birthday, so uh, 
Richie, make it. Yeah, I don't mind sharing a party, but more than one party is awesome. So let's always better, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let, let me think about this. Uh, for you, knowing where you live, Megan the Mitch, I will take mm-hmm. you to, um, oh, I don't know, some South Valley, one of those dumpy chain places that you're like, why, why do we need another one of these? Can't mom sounds, and pop open the shop? How does that sound good? Perfect. And yeah. you can and you can only bring 50% of your 17 kids. I'm not paying Deal. for the other half. So pick I'll your pick favorite. my favorites. <laughs> uh, what's new with you? Anything exciting? Uh, let's see. My oldest daughter is about to turn 18. Kick and uh, well, she would uh, maybe like that on some days. And she would maybe like for it to not be a kickout situation. And she just makes that choice to Mm -hmm. bounce you know Mm -hmm. but um she doesn't have money right now so she's stuck and she knows that um no i'm kidding well no not about the fact that she doesn't have money but we love her and we want her to stay as long as she needs to um but no so it's really weird for me to know that i have a fully fledged grown-up that was from my loins now walking around in the world Mm -hmm. Uh, so she turns 18 on monday and i'm very excited for her i'm excited for what the future holds for her. We were talking about, um, so I have a daughter who plays basketball for for Riverton High. She's my 16 year old. And then I have my oldest daughter who's about to turn 18. And we were talking about how a year from now we could potentially with the 16 year old do like college signing day. You know, Mm -hmm. she gets like a scholarship to play basketball or something. Mm -hmm. And then I turned to my oldest and I was like, and Siobhan, a year from now we could be doing signing day for wherever you get called on your mission. And she was like, wait, they do that? You have to like sign something? And I was like, <laughs> no, it's just equally as exciting sure, to, sure. to uh, grow up and do those things. But no, it's it's going to be exciting to have, like I said, an adult in my household who are, is are, not are me. You, are you utzing her towards the mission or are you like, whatever? I know that it would be really good for her. Well, sure. But that's not what I asked you. Are you right. towards a mission yeah. or are you like, well, I, so I we am. support you, whatever you do. It's, it's definitely, definitely we support you mm-hmm. in whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, uh, but it's also like knowing her personality and knowing um, like the growth that she's had in her spirituality in mm-hmm. the last year. We're, we're inching her that way because of the fact that she is, if she chooses to go on a mission, it will be such an amazing thing for her. Not just, oh, it's amazing to go on a mission, but for mm-hmm. her individually, it'll just be like, she'll knock it out of the park, Sure, you know? Sure. So um, she's going to be successful in whatever she chooses. But I think that we're definitely inching her that direction. What I've always wanted, and uh, you guys have a, a little bit more experience with like kids and being able to let's them out of the house and all that stuff. There's an area with me was a little bit different. Uh, but I've always wanted a, a, a parent, you know, when it's just a, a bunch of parents talking with each other, I've always wanted a parent to be like, they're probably not going to make it. <laughs> you know, just be like, you know, because parents will always be like, they'll be successful in whatever they do. You know, I know that when they lock into the thing that makes their heart, like, I'd love it. No parent will ever do it, I hope. But I love the idea of like, yeah, I'm not sure. But I, Listen, they, they, they may those not. conversations have come up before. <laughs> Maybe not in public, but sure. definitely between my husband and I. I'm like, look, this one, it is what it is. Hang you on know? tight. Oh, yeah. I've had these conversations yeah. with, with, with friends. She had one friend in particular had one. She had two sons she was very worried about. Mm-hmm. And one, she said, 
I'm afraid he's going to get some girl pregnant and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And then she says, and with my other one, I'm afraid he, the way he thinks and just he's so impulsive. I can see him going, oops, how did that happen? She's pregnant. Yeah. So anyway, it was, yeah, things have worked out relatively well. But yeah, that, yeah, we've had those conversations, but they're private. You don't. Yeah, sure. I just wish we turned our private conversations public if for no Sometimes. other reason. The entertainment <laughs> value of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't like that one very much. I could send them away for a few years and wouldn't mind it. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything uh, significant that uh, like newsworthy or whatever. Uh, I have spoken with several people about some of the interesting changes occurring here in the cultural hall. Uh, I'll identify them a little bit more on the nose because maybe you two don't even know them necessarily. I was going to uh, say I haven't heard. Uh, obviously, the fact that w- there are three of us talking, we haven't done that in a while, and we don't do that very often. Um, we may find ourselves doing more of that. Um, the encouragement to subscribe to wherever you're getting the cultural hall is going to be important because we will consistently uh, publish episodes. But I think I'm going to steer away from the on a Monday, we do this on a Friday, we do this because I feel like the cultural hall uh, exists and thrives the best when we are topical and when we're nimble enough to be able to do something. So something happens today. I chat with someone tonight. I publish the thing tomorrow and don't wait. So I would encourage everyone hearing this to subscribe and anticipate that that will be how things roll out in the future. I would also say if you notice it's been a little while and you don't see anything, it makes my heart feel good when you go, hey, haven't seen an episode, everything okay? Most of the time it's because I'm dying or overwhelmed. That's what I'll send back to you. Um, But that's exciting as far as that goes. Some of the episodes that we published just this last week are an example of a shift that we're doing within the cultural hall, which is an episode or news episode specific about a particular news part. So we talked with someone from the uh, Wasatch County about only specifically the Heber Valley Temple because that uh, has finally been approved and it's going to start moving forward. Talked about the concerns and all that. And so that particular news episode, only about that. And that is... It was really interesting, by the way. Oh, good, good. I dug it. Uh, And that's for a couple of reasons. One, because I I think that um, some people look at a news episode and go, I don't know what they're talking about. And or I only care about this. I don't like their this. And so when we can just talk about a particular subject, we'll do that. And then also, I think that the episodes being a little bit shorter, I've sort of in the last 12 years, yes, you heard that 12 years as we've been doing this, been like, got to be an hour. And now I'm just sort of like, could be interviews will still likely be an hour. But, you know, if we're doing a news thing and it's only 10 minutes, we'll talk 10 minutes and put that out so you can have more information about that. So as long as it takes. Yep. Just some of the uh, changes that are occurring here in the cultural hall. Um But I would encourage as we go towards the end of the year, you're thinking about the things that you're grateful for and you're thinking, you know, I've got a couple spare bucks in the old wallet that I'd like to commit every month to by being a Patreon saint. Do it. We've had some people that have left us. I know times are tight. I'm not asking you to get a HELOC, a second mortgage to be able to become a Patreon saint. But if you find yourself in a financial position to be able to do so, it means a lot and the money does go towards making everything better. So uh, that is one way. My friend Annette does a cool thing with all of our episodes where you can uh, you can purchase things through our affiliate links and then we get kickbacks. That's rolling well-ish, Annette, he said with a question mark. We're getting there. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't. I need to work on getting more of the links to the website. It's kind of new, but I am I am devoting time to it every week now to kind of update stuff. And then also usually through Instagram and our link tree, you can find links as well. 
Yeah. So make sure you do that. If, if you're going to purchase the thing, you might as well do it and make it an affiliate thing. So we get a little kickback and that helps. So I think that that's it uh, as far as like around the horn, as it were, uh, unless there's something pressing that you guys feel like personally we should talk about, or do you, you guys want to get into the news? I want to know how your trip was. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you this. So here's 60 seconds about my trip. Uh, we went away. Uh, this was my wife who just said, hey, we're going here. I know that this is in the budget. Uh, this is where we're going. So we went, uh, we left last week and we went to uh, St. George, stayed technically in Hurricane, which my wife being from Louisiana says Hurricane and I love it. And we just go, no, it's Hurricane. It's Almond. No, it's Almond. And we have that discussion for hours. First night in Hurricane, second night in a place called Lake Arrowhead, California, which is off of I-15, sort of up in the mountains. And if you can imagine, um, they just put like 10,000 cabins on one little mountain. And then there's a beautiful lake that every shop you've ever heard of sort of surrounds that lake. That's what that place is. Very cool. Uh, it's not like it, every vision of what you think California would be in your brain is what this place is not. Super cool. Great views, all this stuff. And then uh, the last two days, we went to Santa Barbara where we stayed in a house that was literally on the ocean, 75 degrees, kept the windows open the whole time and fell asleep to the ocean. It got a little bit cool at night, but it was an absolutely incredible, incredible uh, trip. Congratulations. Thank I'm happy you. that you had such a good time. Thank you. Thank you for being happy for me and not saying that I'm privileged and shaming me for my... I'm just teasing. <laughs> uh, I One more thing about that. What was hilarious... Uh, we, we ate like one meal a day just cause that's, I, I don't know. We just are sort of like that. But when we ate that meal, we would get two entrees, each of us. And so we would just sort of siesta, feel real gross. And then we didn't have to eat the rest of the time, but, but real delicious, real fun, real fun trip. So thank you for asking. Um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do actual articles of news. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month. BestDJinUtah.com. You're right. It's a new ad. What? Well, it's been an entire season since I've recorded a BestDJinUtah.com ad. And well, the wedding season coming to an end at this point, but not really because what happens now is everyone who's going to get married in 2024 reaches out and says, Richie, is it possible? Do you still have this date? And I tell them, yes, hopefully. And then we get you booked. We'd love to be able to work with you. Uh, travel all along the Intermountain West. Some people call it the Jello Belt. Uh, you can go to bestdjinutah.com to request a quote. You can find us on any of the social medias at bestdjinutah. And uh, we can answer any questions. Affordable? Yes. Over 400 five-star reviews? Yes. Highest rated in the state of Utah? Uh-huh. Go on. It's best djinutah.com and and I'll give you a little hint it, it also helps me to be able to do this like financially support the cultural hall through that and you get something in return Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need 
creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second half of Articles of News, we do actual Articles of News about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have a little musical intro prepared for you by Peter Breinholt. Go ahead, hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. Let me say this. If you have young children ears, uh, I don't think that we're going to be uh, crass. Well, actually, I shouldn't make that promise. If you got young ears, just make sure that they're not listening at this point. We're going to this first story is around sexually transmitted diseases and infections. So there you go. Hey, kids, that what you we're, need to. we're gonna we're gonna listen. We got the do they still have the Disney Channel? No, I don't know. We're gonna listen oh, to something else, kids. Uh, this was a headline that I was absolutely fascinated about. Rates of syphilis in Salt Lake County, that's of course in Utah, have surged by alarming 800%. In four years, uh, it says cases of syphilis have exploded by 100% in Salt Lake County, Utah. The large religious population shunning contraceptions could explain the surge. So I want to start there. Uh, I, I don't know how much I really want to dwell on this, although in the last 24 hours, I've learned more about syphilis than I ever knew before. Uh, and and this is not an admission. Uh, this is, it was just my curiosities running wild. Um, and wanting to make sure that I was educated as we speak about it. So I hear that. The first thing I hear or read is that that we shun contraception. Do you guys feel like, it, we we all live in Utah, Annette in Utah County. Do we shun contraception? I think, I think past so. generations did. Yeah, okay. that's true. Okay. But when you look at the age group that's being affected, it seems like it was definitely people who skew younger. Yeah, 15 yeah. to 44 is where yeah. this group of people is. And and it's really interesting to me because I was thinking about that because that phrase took me by surprise as well. And I was like, you know, I was always really committed to abstinence. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was that was where I was at. But I also knew very well that if I was not going to engage in abstinence, then protection is what was necessary for this specific reason. So I'm like, yes, we were taught abstinence. Now, granted, I grew up in Oregon where sexual sexual education is probably handled differently than it is here but i grew up in a very lds centric neighborhood and like it wouldn't have ever been a question mm. you know so that's what i was i i would say like maybe it would lean more towards we shun maybe birth control as opposed to like condoms you mm. know like mm -hmm. that type okay. i don't know that was kind of my my read on it so you feel like there's at least some sort of stigma, maybe within the church. It's like, oh, your daughter is on birth control. Ooh, that yeah. Kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, Not necessarily the other way. Okay. You know? So my thoughts were, number one, our education on that topic in schools is pathetic. Yeah. Grant, I mean, there are the, the parents, unfortunately, who are the ones who say, I want these conversations at home and I want to teach my own child. And I, to me, I'm like, great, then do it. And those parents are the ones who pull the kids from class and then don't have those conversations. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the kids who are more likely, I think, to get in into trouble. Um, but I, I suspect I looked at the article and I suspect that it's that's not what it is because the numbers went from something like eight three cases to like 27 mm -hmm. yeah that's an 800 ish jump but that's small enough that i'm wondering if it's just a, a 
a group of a, a small community of friends or something at the university or, or something like that that might explain it. We're not talking hundreds of cases. We're talking under 30. Well, and to be clear, you said a small group of friends. I don't know what you do with your friends, Annette, but I'm certainly not sharing <laughs> syphilis with not mine. Not personally. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I, I doubt. I somehow doubt that it's. I don't know. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it's just the generational thing avoiding birth control. I really don't. Yeah, or, or like sort of shunning it. So I had a few thoughts. Uh, the first one, it's in the Daily Mail. So. First of all, the Daily Mail will go something that we can do that sounds, you know, overtly done, right? They'll do that no matter what. And even a skewed statistic with small numbers, right? It's 800%. Roll with it. 800%. So I thought about that. Uh, I threw it out into the Cultural Hall back row, which is a Facebook group that is free. The Patreon Saints have a group that they hang out in. Uh, that you, if you are a paid patron saint, you can be a part of, but the uh, culture hall back row available for everyone. Uh, and I said, Hey, what do you, why, why do you guys think this is? And we only got a couple of responses. Um, Rob green says, I think it's people from California who moved to Utah. So I appreciated that assertion <laughs> that it's, that it has nothing to do with Utah or the church itself. It's people from California coming Didn't in. He called them Californian refugees. Yes. Yes. That was funny. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, Nate Tanner said, if I had to guess, it's probably reduced access to in-person primary health care over the, mm. la- the last four years due to COVID. Uh, he says, can't get it checked out if you aren't going to actually go to the doctor. And people would probably be hesitant to show that rash on telemedicine. So I was like, OK, that's a that's a fair estimation of some of that. I also think. Uh, and I am, I am, uh, grateful that you brought it up. So Utah has, uh, as far as sex education, you have to opt in to sex mm-hmm. education saying. No, not quite there. Well, there's the, the, cause I've had to sign the forms for class. It's basically, right. this is what will be taught virtually nothing. Please sure. sign it or, yep. or say my child has to be excused. So it's yeah, part of so- a health class, but it's very, what they're allowed to teach is so minimal. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. abstinence focused, but as I understand it, what they call it is an opt-in because they have to have that signature by the parents in order for the children right. to participate. So that's what they call it an opt-in. Again, right. the last 24 hours, I hope my wife doesn't search my browsing history because she'll be like, babe, do we need to talk about something? And I'm like, well, um, but uh, I, so I think um, the the education around sex in Utah Maybe in within the church, it sometimes it does surprise me, and I recognize that it's a tricky thing, and I recognize that every household should uh, do it differently. Let me tell you this. I am 40 years old, and to this day, if I try to talk to my father, my 70-plus father, about anything sexually related, not like salacious or like, man, what do you think about this, Dad? Like, like if I was to be very like, Mechanics. Yeah, mechanics or, <laughs> or or like, you know, we are talking about the anatomy of these things. It, it makes him uncomfortable to to he, he he won't talk about it. It's a thing that we that we don't talk about. And I think I think, though, statistics skewed, maybe telemedicine and stuff like that. We have such a um, s- such a reverence for sexual things and reproductive things but we we place the reverence and appreciation for that power in a way that we don't talk about it uh and it leaves people i'm grateful to know megan that when you were thinking about it you're like abstinence is the way but if it's not here's what we're going to do i don't think that many people would really know how to 
to get some sort of uh, either birth control or contraception. Um, that I think that they feel super embarrassed. I remember being a person in my 20s and going like, oh my gosh, do they take your ID? Do the, Do you have to go to a special part of the store, right? It sounds ridiculous, but I can remember being like, am I old enough to do this? Can I, you know, what all those sort of misconceptions to the point that I, you know, would have probably just been like, I'm just running and gunning and hope that nothing happens. And that's how things like ha- like this happen. Like unplanned, you know, pregnancies happen and all that. And the conversation to Annette's point starts within the walls of your home. It's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, I, 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 I'm not sure, like with you guys, I would imagine what I know about the two of you, pretty like good conversations, I imagine with your kids, maybe uncomfortable, but you're like, we're doing this because I recognize this and I am willing to put myself out. Am, am I making false assumptions about either of the two of you? No, that, that's no. been my intent all along. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. But, but like for me, I, I've told this story before <laughs> uh, and, and then I promise we'll move on. We've got other news because this isn't even really directly uh, related. Although I do welcome comment to this and any other stories, contact at the culturalhall.com. Like, because I never had that with my dad, when I had a son who I knew was sexually active, Oh, I, I love the story. Yeah, they were in the back of the car, and oh, I said, and I said, they hey. meaning him and his girlfriend. Yeah, him. Yeah, him and and <laughs> girlfriend in the back seat. I allowed them to sit back there. I normally wouldn't because I hate feeling like I'm a chauffeur. I'm like, no, I don't care which one of you ride up front. One of you can ride up front. I'm not chauffeuring you around. But I said, let's talk about the places that I don't feel like his penis belongs and beat red my kid. And she's and and I was like, you know, here and here and here and here. And then I continued to go on and say, but you know what? I recognize that I don't get to control the choices that you have. So if you are going to do this, please take the opportunity to to get contraception if you need us to talk to her parents to talk to them about birth control whatever the thing may be please do that so that you don't have some consequence that's going to be lasting based on the passions that you guys have at this and i don't think i put it that eloquently right the passions blah 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 but it was uncomfortable and you know what i just did it because the alternate of like having not said anything or having them get a sexually transmitted disease. You can die from syphilis. You can, your children can be like maimed if you, you know, if you have syphilis and you don't know, like it can be congenital, pass on, blah, 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 right? All of these things, just, just figure out a way to be comfortable talking about it. And if you don't, and if you're not, I think you can also just be like, I am uncomfortable talking about this. And we need to talk about this. So let's, you know, you help me, I'll help you. And we'll find our way through it. Yeah. So quick little story on my end. So um, I ha- I actually know a gal, a woman who um, I, I'm not going to know details specifically and all that, but she grew up in a very, very, very conservative, even within our culture, conservative uh, mm-hmm. family where, you know, her entire purpose in, in mortality was to bear children and be a mother in Zion. Right. But you also didn't talk about body parts. Um, The irony is that, you know, they're raising her up to be a mother, but she finds out after she's married that she has had, I'm not sure if it was an infection or endometriosis or what it was, but all through her teen years that developed and developed and she had all this pain, but you don't talk about body parts Mm. like that. And it almost prevented her from becoming a mother. She had to go through years of fertility treatments 
And I just, I just thought the irony of literally the thing her parents were trying to do to protect her and let her become this righteous mother is the very thing that almost prevented her from becoming a mother. Like Mm. we need to have the conversations guys. We just, we just do. And the irony, so I have my four kids, right. And um, with, with each one, there's the awkward conversation and all of that. When my youngest came out of her fifth grade maturation clinic, Mm -hmm. she goes, well, that was dumb. I didn't learn anything. And I went, I finally got it right. <laughs> I finally got it right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh. yeah, we stumble, we screw up, but you know, it's the effort and knowing that if your kid knows they can ask you any question, I think that's one of the biggest issues right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, sorry, if I can bring up one more point. Um, I remember probably maybe like six or seven, even 10 years ago, I remember reading stories about here in Salt Lake about senior citizens who had a huge increase in STDs as well, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it goes back to that, that older generation that just didn't talk about anything. Mm-hmm. And then though that older generation that didn't talk about anything raised the people of my generation, not understanding that they need to talk about things and not knowing how, and then you get problems like this. So it's not just, well, I grew up in a home that didn't talk about it. It's like, no, this has been decades and decades and decades in the making. And it's really unfortunate because it's, it's unnecessary. You know, that's one of the things that I've always thought about since I had, you know, sex ed and everything. I'm like, this stuff is so preventable, you know, this stuff is so preventable and it's not hard to enact the prevention, Yeah, you know? So, yeah. So so let me button it with this and then we'll move into, uh, I know Annette is chomping at the bit to share a story with us. Talk to your kids about sex or they'll get syphilis. Go ahead, Annette. What's the next? Uh, what's... Uh, so we've talked quite a bit about the Jared Brightigan murder. And, um, people know often him as the Microsoft executive um, and his ex-wife, who's been charged um, along with two other people for uh, planning and carrying it out. Her name is Shanna Gardner. She's the child. She's a, they get, Even in the court papers, she's referred to as the heiress of the Stampin' Up um, company. That's her family's company. Um, so interesting little, um, analysis that I found here. There is an, uh, cause again, I love my, my, my true crime YouTube channels. There's one called, um, the behavior panel, mm-hmm. and it is made up of four men who are like some of the world's top body language experts. They've worked with, you know, the G seven and the CIA and military and whatever. Um, and they analyzed one of their episodes, they analyzed an interview that Shanna Gardner did mm-hmm. and it's fascinating so i wanted to, to if anyone's interested in watching that and it's very interesting so with uh that. as you've been following that case uh you know the cases like uh you know we talked recently about the thibodeau case the uh, uh chad daybell Lori vallow the church seems to be intersected within a lot of that is the church a, a a minor player in this a player at all in this particular case do you hear it mentioned much or is it just uh oh she happens to be a member of the church and this is the scenario yeah that is, it's more of a side note because there's none of the julia rowe type prepper elements at all um so last week i mentioned how the um uh hidden true crime with lauren and her husband um they go into more of shanna's mission and things her mission companion have have said and things Mm. like that so it's a little bit more you learn more about her past and her history but as far as the crime itself it seems very much separated from the church because shanna had left um and 
that wasn't active at all and had a bit of a chip on her shoulder in a lot of ways it seems like so yeah it doesn't it doesn't seem to have the same connections as the, as the ones we've been covering otherwise okay so link to that in the uh, show notes take it away megan the mitch all right well we've talked about syphilis and murder so i'll go ahead and cleanse the palate <laughs> nice Please. and i'll talk about the light the world giving machines yay um this is like my favorite thing about christmas uh, the Christmas season is since the church started doing the giving machines, the big red vending machines, they are going to be in 61 locations around the world this year, which that's got to, I mean, I don't think we've ever even come close to that number. Um, but we've got them in four different cities in Australia, two in Canada, uh, three in Guatemala, six in Mexico, uh, Auckland, New Zealand, two in Philipp the Philippines, and then a whole bunch in the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, there was one quote in this article that I thought was really, really, um, let's see, I gotta find it, sorry. Um, okay, so the machines have 1200 unique items available across all locations. These goods and services are requested by carefully screened and reputable local and international nonprofits. These include meals, groceries, shelter, clothing, childcare or healthcare, education, bedding, hygiene kits, job and career training, crops, um, you can also at the giving machine, you can type in 777 and you can purchase everything in the machine, which I did, or not everything in the machine, but you can get one of everything. Okay. One of each item, which I think cool. is really, really cool. I didn't know that. And that, maybe that's new this year. This article doesn't say, but um, really, really cool. Uh, last year in 2022, uh, the donations to the giving machines provided 2.2 million meals. 31 million water purification Jeez. tablets, which is enough to purify 3.9 million gallons of water, vaccinations for over 500,000 children, 41,000 chickens, school supplies, um, ducks, safe shelter for 3,400 people, scholarships for 3,000 children and teens, shoes, socks, winter gear, um, and the protection of 459 women and children from further domestic violence and child abuse. Jeez, that's awesome. Um, like I said, I love the giving machines. I think they are such an amazing and innovative way of giving back. Um, the thing that I think is awesome is that the church covers 100% of the operating costs so that the um, the charities involved can receive everything that is donated. And it's funny because I've seen that crop up a bunch. Like people are like, oh yeah, well, how much are the credit card fees? The, the people aren't giving me everything that you think they are. And it's like, no, they mm -hmm. literally are getting all of it. Um, and additionally, all of the nonprofits that they work with are required, they cannot use more than 10% of the funds for overhead costs of their yeah, nonprofit. Or they don't work alongside them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I just think it's, and they're all required to report back how the funds were used. Hmm. So lots of good accountability. Um, I just, I love it. It makes my heart so happy. And in a world where we have syphilis and murder, <laughs> then let's have the giving machines to make make it all feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a couple of things. Uh, one, I think it's awesome uh, that there's one in New Zealand because yeah. I hope to everything in the world that people walk up and go, I wonder if I can buy a pencil. Can I buy a pencil and send it to someone? Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Then the second thing, you can buy a beehive, which I think is super Mormon uh, for us to be able to do. Very on brand. And then lastly, I love the idea because I've heard of parents doing this. I love the idea of, 
you know, parents take the whole family and they go, we're going to the giving machine. We're helping out. And they go, you guys can do whatever you want. It can be an expensive thing. It can be a cheap thing, whatever. Everyone gets an item in the giving machine and that's what we're doing. And, you know, little Johnny is like, water. And then another one's like, it's a goat. And then the little kid is like, seven, seven. <laughs> and dad's like, no, seven. And the whole machine drops out and dad has to get a second job to pay for everything. I love that. Can I bit. share a story about that? Uh, yeah, about the 777. Well, well, no. Um, the very first year that the giving machines came out, we were, our family was so ecstatic about going. And this was when they were like only in the Joseph Smith Memorial Building. Mm -hmm. And so we took all of our, at that time, I was pregnant with our sixth, it's our sixth kid. So we didn't have nearly as many children. Yeah, so 12 kids ago. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And um, my daughter, Audrey, who she's 16 now. So she must've been, I don't know how old she was, but she was so excited to buy a pair of glasses for somebody. And the reason being is she got glasses when she was in first grade and she cannot function without her glasses or contacts in because her vision is horrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, getting close to blindness, she yeah. cannot like the first time she got glasses, she walked out of the store and looked at the mountains and goes, Oh, there's trees on the mountains. I didn't know. Because oh, wow. like she had no idea. Mm -hmm. And so she was so excited to buy a pair of glasses for somebody because she literally said to me, she goes, mom, my life it completely changed when I got my glasses. So I want to give that same gift to somebody. And it made my mom heart so, so happy and so proud of her. They also, that day they had like a vending machine full of water, water mm -hmm. bottles that were branded with like the world. And there was a guy restocking it and we had a long wait in line. And so my two boys went over and they're like, Hey, can we help you, uh, put the water in? And he's like, sure. And so they restocked the vending machine with the water. And he said, here, here's each of you take a water bottle. You can have a drink or whatever. And my other, my son held onto it the entire time and didn't open it. And as soon as we walked out of the Joseph Smith Memorial building, there was somebody, a homeless individual asking for food and water. And my son gave him the bottle of water Aww. and Literally, like my favorite thing, like I said, is taking my whole family down to the giving machines. And like you said, saying, here's your $5 limit, or do we want to do something big as a family? Or like my girls, my oldest two girls have like combined their money together to buy period supplies for underprivileged girls. Cause that's something that's very important yeah. to them, you know, it's just, and it's funny cause I've seen people be very cynical about the light, the world giving machines. And I'm like, guys, it's not that deep. Yep. It is yep. not that deep. Yep. Well, well, uh, I think that's awesome, man, all the, the places. And you'll certainly see and we'll share uh, on the Cultural Hall's Facebook page the different uh, towns will do different things. They get celebrities oftentimes, you know, Fort Worth and Chicago and New York and all these people who will get on board and be able to promote these things. So I just imagine it'll be that much larger this year because of, of the span and the scope. Uh, another oh, Richie, news I have an idea. I have what? an idea what? for the Facebook group. Uh -huh. If you're in the back row Facebook group, okay. take a picture wherever your location is at the Light the World Giving Machine and post it so we can see where are you at? Are you in Auckland getting a pencil? A pencil? Then share it. And I'll commit I'll commit in that to putting those on our Instagram page. So if you guys I was actually go going to suggest that. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And we'll tag you and do all the things. So if you go, if you do it, I think they're open now. 
you can you can get to a light the world machine wherever they're at. Uh, if you do it, make sure to be a part of the cultural hall back row group. Take a picture. We'll share it. We'll share it to all the people. Look, I made the thing. I'm on the cultural halls thing. Look at that. We'll do that. Uh, let's share. Oh, and if you're not near a machine starting Monday, you can do it all online. Oh, cool. Very Did cool. You catch that? So what do you think? <laughs> what do you take a screenshot here? This is um, my computer, Annette. Put that on Instagram. She'll do yeah, it. Do it. We'll do it. Uh, I want to talk about OUR. There's a couple stories uh, that I'm going to uh, sort of mush together about this. Uh, again, in the news, uh, Tim Ballard, uh, M. Russell Ballard's uh, twin brother, actually. I didn't learn that until just this last week. Uh, they're actually twin brothers, Elder Ballard and Tim Ballard. Uh, they're no, no, they're, they're conjoined. Not. Yeah. <laughs> they're conjoined twins, Tim and Russell <laughs> Uh, shoot. So, uh, yeah, more in that case. Uh, let, let's start here, uh, within the last week or so, the accusation that, um, M. Russell Ballard said, Hey, here are some wealthy people. And the here, I know this because here are what they pay in tithing. Uh, Tim Ballard of OUR, reach out to those folks and, and, uh, and see if you can't get some money for Operation Underground Railroad trying to end slavery. So, uh, so a couple things uh, that I thought about this. First of all, the church has said, no, that's not what we do. We keep, you know, the the amount that you pay in tithing, very sacred. That is not something that we would do. And especially uh, that is not something that Elder M. Russell, uh, isn't uh, right? M. Russell Ballard. Yeah, that, that sounded right. For some reason that got caught in my head. Uh, that is not something that he did. So I'm not sure why you're saying that, but that's not something that he did and on and on. Um so on the very surface of this, and I, this is the cynical part of me, I, I'm sure that M. Russell Ballard did not do that. Because even if he even if he was like, I am okay with doing that, he wouldn't be like, hang on, I'm going to go to my computer and get you these people. So, so like we knew that M. Russell Ballard didn't do that anyway, right? Right. Um, but whether or not he instructed someone to do that, that I guess would bear, would there be where there was some sort of question, like, did they do that? So, and again, the church has said no. And again, the accusation doesn't have any sort of like, here is the individual that did this on the instance of this, and this is when that occurred. But a uh, previous guest of the Cultural Hall uh, a couple of times and friend of mine from high school, uh, Russell Brunson, who runs Funnel Hackers, uh, he in the last little bit has said, yeah, you know what? M. Russell Ballard uh, it, it introduced me. Elder Ballard said, hey, I want you to meet with my friend Tim Ballard. He's got this organization. This is what this organization does and was the one who instituted that connection. M. Russell Ballard knew Russell Brunson. M. Russell Ballard knew Tim Ballard and said, you guys should chat. Now, Russell Brunson, even through all that Tim Ballard has been through, Still a pretty big supporter of OUR and of Tim Ballard, of the movie, certainly, and of the cause of, of, of all that, uh, but has said, yeah, of course, uh, uh, Elder Ballard introduced me to Tim Ballard. So some people are saying, see, this is the nefarious thing that we were talking about. Other people are saying, this is networking. When you are trying to connect one person to, to something that you feel like can benefit, you know, something else, that is something that you would do. Some people are saying, hey, you know what? I think that that's inappropriate for a, a church leader to do something like that. Other people are like, think about your ward. You do that on a ward level every Sunday. You need a plumber? I know this guy in this part of my stake that's a plumber. Is that any different than... 
you know, an apostle doing that with someone else. It's different maybe with zeros, but in principle, not different. I did think it was unique that Russell Brunson, who is, man, if you want to know a bigger church nerd than me, listen to a couple of his previous episodes with me. My favorite is in one of them, and you can see the video too, if you're a Patreon saint, where he's holding an original um, uh, Doctrine and Covenants, but that's not what it's called originally. Uh, that's worth like a million. Is that the Book of Commandments? Yeah, Book of Commandments. Yeah, where he's holding an original Book of Commandments. It's like a million and a half dollars. And he's like, look how cool this is. Like, that's the sort of eccentricity that he is about the church, fervor, love, all of the things. But that he did say, yeah, you know what? If there's any sort of question, know that he 100% introduced me to this person and said, you guys should get to know each other. The irony with that is that no one, President Ballard himself admits they were friends. He says, Tim Ballard betrayed our friendship. Yeah. So to me, it's like, here's a here friend to meet my other friend. Maybe you guys could help each other out. And then later on, he's like, ah, not cool. And like you said, Tim Ballard may well have begun his journey with great and in, good intentions and a good heart. And then mm -hmm. it just went sour. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything nefarious. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. And I, and I don't, and I don't know. Uh, the thing that I have found myself more curious, and this will continue as accusations continue to be um, brought against uh, Tim Ballard and, and against the church and all these things. The one thing that I don't know is what was the tipping point for the church and Elder Ballard that they felt like they had to say something? Was it the accusations against the women? Was it that the church is a part of this organization and wants you to donate? Like, I wonder, that's where my mind curiously goes, is what was the thing? They were like, we're okay, we don't love this. Now we have to say something. I wonder what I, that particular tipping opinion. point was. Please. I think, Ooh, they, I think he had cut off... President Ballard had cut off the relationship already, like we're done, that's it. But they didn't come become public until, you know, an out a media outlet reporter contacted them and said, "Hey, give us a statement." Hmm. But what? So, so in, as part of that, why do you think that Elder Ballard said we're cut off? Like, what do you think the thing was? What did he? Did oh, Elder like so in his in, in behind the scenes in his private yeah. life. Um, I would see it's a matter of one of those timeline things. I can think of many things that would have been it. Sure. Um, I think he probably heard about affairs and that kind of stuff way before we ever did. Mm -hmm. Could yeah. have been the financial stuff. I think whatever, sure. there's so many big issues that it could be. I think whichever one hit President Ballard's ears first. Yeah. He just said, listen, could have been the psychic. You know, it's interesting to me that, no, no, no I'm, you leveraging, but like, there's a whole section in the uh, church handbook about avoiding psychics and not going to mediums and not, you know, it could have been something related to that where he's like, okay, so not only are you visiting a psychic, right. you're also invoking the name of dead presidents of the church and dead prophets. Yeah. Like, that's like so many red check marks against and then it's like oh and you're using that as a re as a reason to have an affair oh okay you know yeah. oh and yeah. you're using this all as a reason to collect more money you know mm -hmm. it could have been a lot of different things yeah i maybe i agree with you megan the mitch i like the idea that elder ballard and his conjoined twin brother tim ballard are at uh ruth's chris steakhouse and uh, tip says you know i was talking to the prophet nephi the other day through a psychic and elder ballard like, like record scratch that's it. We're done here. I'm out. picking up the check. We're out. Uh, we got lots of news. We've got not a crap ton of time. Uh, I would love it if you tell us about Roots Tech. It's uh, yes. the husband this is of a really quick one. He, um, he, he puts it all together. It's all on his shoulders. Uh, he is the only one. Please tell me about Roots Tech. Yes, Roots Tech um, 
they often have several keynotes and so they announced them you know weeks apart of each other but they've announced the first one so far and it is going to be lynn m jackson and you say who was that she who is, is that? the great great granddaughter of dred scott as in the dred scott decision that people say is the worst supreme court decision ever that denied um black people citizenship so oh. she will be speaking and she's the first uh keynote speaker announced for roots tech 2024 so get your tickets now, and that happens in the first what first quarter of uh, 2024? Yeah, I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's usually like mid-February somewhere in that ballpark. And if you're, you can go in person, or it's free online to stream anywhere in the world. Done. Cool. Megan, tell me about 16 kids and all these things. Okay, do I have to? Because uh, I want to go off script and do a different story. Uh, go off script and tell us a different story. Okay, this one's way better. Um, so the Church of Jesus Christ launches a global effort to nourish children and mothers. Uh, this pause. Is, nourish yeah, and yes. strengthen mothers. Go on. Thank you. Yes, somebody messed up in the headline at the yep. church newsroom. Tighten up. Um, but no, they're just launching initiatives all over the world to help um, with uh, maternal and childhood nourishment to um, avoid malnourishment, make sure that mothers have all of the education that they need and all of the resources that they need to feed their children, uh, properly for their, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for their physical and mental development. Um, the church first launched a program in the Philippines in early 2019. Children were screened for signs of malnutrition and parents received training and support on the importance of dietary diversification. Currently, these child nutrition initiatives are underway in 12 countries in Central America, Africa, and Asia. Now, the thing that I thought was really neat is recently Camille N. Johnson, who is the president of the general president of the Relief Society, she posted a video kind of talking about this on her Instagram, and she showed a bowl and a spoon that they give to mothers of very young children. And the around the edges of the bowl, it listed foods that are healthy, that have all of the proper nutri nutrients, along with pictures of those foods in case the mother is not literate. Oh, she wow. knows That's cool. what options. But this was the coolest part. They have a special spoon that is slotted. So it's like got holes in it. And the reason that they use the spoon is because that can teach parents and mothers the specific consistency that they need to feed the child. So if it's falling through the holes in the slots of the spoon, they need to thicken it up. Hmm. They need to put something in there to make it more robust and more, um, therefore more nutritious for the child. Um, super, super cool. And it's interesting when the old Relief Society presidency was released and the new one put in, I very much sustained these women. I think they're all incredible. Um, Sister Johnson, uh, Sister Dennis and Sister Yi, but Sister uh, Eubank, who was in the general relief site presidency i felt like she was really the 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 driver the impetus behind a lot more outreach or at least us finding out about it mm -hmm. and so when she was released i was like is that gonna stop or is that gonna slow down or are we not gonna hear about it as much and all evidence to the contrary it seems like the relief society just keeps doing and doing and doing because that's what relief society sisters do we just keep doing and doing and doing and taking care of and ministering to and i think this is phenomenal and yeah. i hope that it continues to expand we probably could utilize it in america guaranteed yep. in the united yep. states <clears throat> so that's much better than a mom of 16 with nine kids whose ends names end in lee although i really appreciated that story so 
Hope, well, hope, maybe I'll come back to it depending on time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to go quick. So this is interesting. The church, because we are a global, worldwide church, and Jesus said, "Love everyone, not just people that live in the borders of particular countries and/or areas of the world." Uh, the church with uh, everything in the Middle East, man. There's, I, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I can turn on the TV and be like. Yeah, that's terrible. And I just am able to sort of remove myself from it. Like, that's terrible for them. It, it, it almost even sounds sort of callous, but oh, okay, I can move through it. Everything that's going on in the Middle East right now is a particular kind of, like, I, I, I'm i able to take it in small doses and go, you know, what am I doing? How can I help? Blah, blah, blah. This is so heavy and so graphic and so terrible that I, I can't consume a lot of this. But the church has to be very careful in that it can't be like, we're pro-Israel and, you know, sorry, Palestine, we're not helping to do this. I thought that this was interesting and also short. Uh, the Church of Jesus Christ is collaborating with multiple interna international relief agencies in Gaza and in Israel. The church is devoting significant financial resources for critical medical and mental health care, among other needs. And the church put out that statement this last week. I thought that was uh, highly significant. So, uh, Annette, take us where you would like. We've only got about five minutes, guys. So if you've oh, got something that you're case, like... I think I will jump ahead to... Uh different stories. So this is really super cool. BYU um, had a new study that they did. And right now it was just on rats, but they're planning on doing it on humans soon. The idea is they there's a medication that is used to treat PTSD. And they wondered if we were to give that medication before a traumatic event, could that help prevent PTSD from developing hmm. in the first place? So for example, if we know you know soldiers are going to go out, maybe we would give it to them. That kind of, obviously you can't predict all the trauma PTSD, but they actually found it worked very, very well. And these rats that that after the traumatic event, if those who had been treated with this medication, sh their brains went right back to their previous non-trauma state and they've never developed the PTSD, which is absolutely amazing yeah. um, and leads the way to all kinds of potential other uses and um, and treatments. So I think that's incredibly cool. Yay, BYU scientists and students working on that. Yay, BYU. <laughs> what do you got, Megan? Um, Let's see. So I'm sure... All of us were high school students, so we understand about AP testing and okay. the advanced placement program. And the I will allow board. that assumption to be made. <laughs> Is it accurate for? Sure. Okay, I listen. Mean, I, I took one. I took one AP test, and I didn't, or like one AP class, and didn't even take the test because it wasn't worth it because I didn't know the material. So, okay, okay. you know, but we I'm aware of it. We digress. Go on. Yeah constantly um so there's a new ap class that uh has been very controversial and the man behind this class is a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints okay. um, the class is ap african-american studies and it has angered both conservatives and liberals um the gentleman who is in charge of it his name is trevor packer and he is i uh he's the vice president of something at the college board. I can't, uh, let's see, vice president over advanced placement courses. Okay. And um, he was the one he, back in 2014, he conducted an overhaul of the AP US history class and was putting out new um, curriculum and got a lot, a lot of feedback that was very negative. And rather than pushing that all aside, he hired a lot of the people who were the naysayers to say, okay, we'll come in let's work together and let's get it where we need it to be. Mm -hmm. But then he noticed that there was a hole with regarding specifically African-American studies. So he worked with his team and he created this 
AP African American Studies class, which was a huge point of controversy over in Florida. Surprising no one. Hmm. Um, they said, no, you're not, you're teaching revisionist history. This isn't, you know, and they, um, it wasn't a good uh, out of, you know, outcome, not a good, not good feedback and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and they said, you know, you're teaching this from, uh, I don't know, like I said, revisionist history, all of that. Uh, but this guy, Trevor Packer, he has a really interesting story. He grew up in Utah County with a stay-at-home mom and a dad who was an institute teacher. So they didn't have a lot of money growing up, but the parents were very committed to his education. They put him in the Waterford School on a financial scholarship. And he was just not a great student. He just like wasn't into it. And then uh, he was basically forced into taking the AP test. He took an AP class, didn't do well in it, mm -hmm. took the AP test, got a three, which is what you need to get college credit. And then after that, his whole academic trajectory changed. He went to college. He started working on his PhD, at which point that was when he was hired at College Board. And um, he never finished his PhD because he just became so committed to kind of revolutionizing how the AP tests and AP classes are conducted. Um, he found that they were doing a lot of memorization and he didn't think that that was right. Um, anyway, really fascinating story, but we don't have time. So hmm. uh, link it in the show notes. Also, Richie, you should interview him. I, that's what I was just thinking. Maybe I'll reach out and see if we can't do a little episode about all that. Annette, you're going to have one more story, but let me run through a few things. Uh, President Nelson, he's fine. Everything's fine. I'm back at work, guys. I'm fine. And you can read his inspirational words uh, on his Facebook page. You can also find that in the show notes. But he shared something like that the other day. Elder Ballard, you know, Tim Ballard's conjoined twin. He was in the hospital as well with some respiratory issues following a uh, general conference. He's back home. He's fine. Everything's fine, guys. I'm fine. Everything is fine. I don't know why people keep asking me. I'm just fine. That's this part of the news. Uh, this I thought was quick and interesting. Uh, one in 10 people in the state of uh, or in the city of Boise, state of Idaho, Mormon. I thought it was more than that. But there was a story that said, yeah, it's only one in 10. I thought it would be way more. It's not. I thought you were going to say that they had syphilis. It's 11, yeah, no, but but 50% of those 11% have syphilis. No, uh, I thought this was interesting. Um, there is a huge article about uh, the church and its land owning in the state of Florida. We own 690,000 acres in Florida. We won't get into all of this, but I thought that the article was interesting. And I don't have any sort of thing that I'm like, well, I don't know that we should, blah, blah, blah. I just think that this is interesting. 690,000 acres. They say the average cost per acre in the state of Florida is 30,000, which tells me some are worth more and some are worth less. But if you just do quick math of 30,000 times 690,000, the church likely has somewhere between 20 and $21 billion in land in the state of Florida alone. If that article is at all correct, let's say it's 50% correct. Let's say that it's LDS people in Boise correct. We have 2 billion in land in Florida. I just find it to be a fascinating, fascinating thing that we are the largest landowner in what is debatable between 7 and 11 states in the United States. We are the largest landowner of those states. Annette, take us home. All right. We have a singer named Emma Nissen who has exploded onto the scene. She um, recently signed a, a record deal with Deseret Book, and that kind of helped her followers go 
row quite a bit, but then she had a reel on Instagram and she goes, Hey guys. So what if you have jazz, like Christian jazz, and she's mm-hmm. just sang a little clip of one of her songs and that reel went viral. So on Instagram in a week, she went from 20,000 followers to 160,000. Jeez. It's a matter of days. Her Spotify account almost quadrupled. Um, Anyway, so she's planning, she's working on a full album and she's had a, a lot of her singles are on YouTube. You can find them. The one that went viral is Breathe. Um, I personally like Flesh and Bone better, mm. but that's just, you know, style. But it, it was interesting though, is Christian jazz. I'm like, oh, what? That's, what's that going to sound like? It, I was like, wow, it does sound like, you know, a little bit like Amy Winehouse meets Frank Sinatra. I was like, wow, this really is like jazz with a Christian bent to it. And so people commenting on that reel was like, one person said, maybe God isn't half bad if he gave us this. You made an atheist feel religious. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone else, um, some of the comments were hilarious. Someone was like, um, this scratches an itch in my brain that I can't explain. Um, and th- anyway, it was people who were like, this is really great. Keep it up. This is just what I've been looking for in different kinds of music. And I also laughed watching the reel though, because you can tell she's in a chapel and I'm like, oh, really? jazzy music. And I'm like, I'm cool with it, but I know not everyone would be. But well, anyway. and, fil- and filming and filming in a chapel is sort of an interesting thing too. Cause there are, there are at least some things written about it because it, mm-hmm. it by it being filmed in a chapel people are like is church endorsing this sort of thing like it's visually that's interesting yeah so, it's, it's, you can tell mostly because there's the little hymn book like the numbers for the hymns behind her that's the i mean if it weren't for that it could be just like some random building, so it technically but. so we don't own the market on that i know we think we do but there are like methodist and uh, presbyterian churches who also have those things on the Fair. wall by where they're so maybe maybe she maybe was in her, else. her yeah. local utah county uh presbyterian uh church that she dropped into to do that she has dozen. permission from her bishop to use the chapel i don't yeah. know yeah who knows uh interesting uh she will be uh, a very soon upcoming episode of the cultural hall Excellent. so you'll be able to awesome. hear a little sampling of that wherein uh pre- precursor to here if she or to her if she listens to this i am going to try and push that we call that type of music chaz i'm going <laughs> to insist that we call christian jazz <laughs> chaz and we create a term and that that heretofore be what we call it and i don't know why we haven't doesn't it sound That's sort good. of sort of cool chaz you got that Just new to say all in favor yeah all yeah, yeah all in favor let's actually let's let's sustain this right now i got one from annette megan as well and i gotta remember two. okay uh opposed <laughs> <Any> opposed <laughs> uh we, we don't know what to do if anyone does oppose awkward um we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body and if you were unable to listen this week we hope you are healthy and will be able to listen next week and when the time comes you'll be able to travel home in safety uh, all show notes available at uh, theculturalhall.com. Consider becoming a Patreon saint. Join us on the Cultural Hall back row. Leave a review. I just gave you a laundry list of stuff to do until you get the next episode. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of, of the, the Cultural, Cultural Hall. Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat on the back row. We really got to go on the Culture Hall show.